0: Deadbeat Scroll by Mark Coggins is slick, sardonic, and suspenseful. Everything a great thriller should be, says New York Times bestselling author Lee Child. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 2. Old Home Week At 11.20 that same morning, I stood outside the door to my old office on the 12th floor of the Flood Building at the corner of Market and Powell Streets. The door was pebble glass, and it used to have my name and the suite number painted on it in black. The Flood Building, the door, and the suite number were all the same but Duckworth Investigative Solutions was painted on the glass instead. I brought a hand up to knock, thought better of it, and reached down to turn the knob. Gretchen Sabatini, my old secretary, confidant, gal Friday, and one-time fiancé, glanced up as I stepped through the doorway. She looked exactly as I remembered. Shoulder-length auburn hair, lightly freckled skin, and gorgeous cornflower blue eyes, which, seen without makeup, looked touchingly like those of a young child. As always, she was dressed in black, a designer pantsuit that accentuated her narrow waist. She jumped up from behind her desk and ran to embrace me. Why didn't you call? She nearly wailed into my ear. Then, in a panicked undertone, as if she had said something she shouldn't, Did you hear? I pulled her closer to my chest. Yes, Kittredge saw to that. I heard on the radio. Kittredge phoned, but I couldn't bring myself to answer. I haven't even listened to his message. She paused. Did you see Chris? Yeah, the lieutenant did me a favor, if you can call it that. He brought me to the scene before they took the body away. I felt her tense in my arms. How was he? I mean... I know what you mean. He wouldn't have suffered. It was quick. He may not have known it was happening. She took hold of my arms above the elbows and gently pushed me away. Twin rivulets of mascara streaked her cheeks. But why was he there? It doesn't make any sense. I shook my head. I was hoping you'd have some clue. She sniffed and reached for the tissue box on her desk. I don't, she said as she dabbed her eyes. She threaded a lock of hair around an ear and stared at me solemnly. You look tired, August. I took that to mean you look old, August. The five years since I'd seen Gretchen had been rough ones. For me, at least. Well, two a.m. playdates with the cops can take it out of you. You also smell... Of booze and B.O. I'm blaming Chris for that. Don't you dare. I held up my hands. Hold on. It's not what you think. He redid everything in the apartment, including the bathroom. He's got some flossy European shower fixture in there. I couldn't figure out how to get hot water out of it, so I did what I could with a washcloth at the sink. She smirked and shook her head, and for the first time it felt like it used to between us. At least you managed to get inside the building. The building had been switched to a keyless entry system. Gretchen had supplied the codes for the lobby door in the apartment when she called me in Palm Springs. But the truth of the matter was, I had to throw myself on the mercy of the building super when I arrived. Not a problem, I lied. But speaking of remodeling, look at this place. The suite had been gone over from stem to stern, it was lighter, brighter, and hopelessly Maud. And where's Bonnaker? Not in the private office with Chris. Gretchen slipped behind her chromium and glass desk and settled into her Arion chair. She gestured for me to take the one in front of her desk. Bonnaker retired. It's just been Chris and I the last three years. Ben Bonnaker was the buffoon of an insurance agent I'd shared the space with, He told terrible jokes and hectored my clients with pitches for whole life, but having him in the office reduced my overhead considerably. How did Chris cover the rent without him? And what about you? Most of the secretarial work came from Boniker. I wasn't Chris's secretary. Sorry, administrative assistant. I wasn't that either. I was a full partner. A full partner in Duckworth Investigative Solutions? She nodded. Chris wasn't doing the kind of work you did, August. Most of his cases involved computers, cybersecurity, identity theft, and online reputation. He trained me to help him, and we rarely left the office. Keyboard and phone replaced shoe leather and muscle, and it was a lot more lucrative. The rent wasn't a problem. I put my elbow on the ergonomic armrest of the Arion chair and dropped my chin into my palm. To me, Chris had always been an overenthusiastic amateur. Half the assignments I gave him were simply to get him out of my hair. The idea that I was living in exile in the desert while he out earned and outclassed me in my own town was hard to swallow. Why'd you call me then? Why didn't you just sit behind your keyboard and cyber Google him back when he went missing? Gretchen didn't waste any time responding. She threw the box of tissues straight at my head. You were the one who abandoned us, who left without a word. Whatever it was that drove you away, it had more to do with your demons than us. But we adapted. We learned what we were good at and we made it the focus of the business. It wasn't about showing you up. It was about getting on with life. I rubbed the place on my forehead where the corner of the tissue box had hit. I deserved that. And more. She sat forward and clutched both her knees through the silky fabric of her pantsuit. I don't know what happened to Chris, but when you discover the details, when you find out how he came to be shot execution style in a massage parlor in the middle of the night, I know it will be because of the things that made him what he was, his enthusiasm and love of adventure. She released her knees and looked up at me. And when you do solve the mystery, when you catch and punish Chris's killer, I know it will be because of the things that make you what you are, your loyalty, and your relentless focus on finding answers. I held her eyes for a moment. It was the nicest thing she'd ever said to me. So naturally I had to ruin it. Not my youthful looks and pleasant odor? She laughed. Maybe if you learn to work the shower faucet. I shifted in my chair somehow failing to find the webbed back and lack of upholstery to be all that comfortable. Well, what can you tell me then? Was he working on a case that was less virtual and more dangerous back alley? No, he wasn't. He wasn't working on anything as far as I knew. We finished a case a few weeks ago, and he said he wanted to take some time off. He stayed out longer than I expected, and when I tried to contact him to ask why, I struck out. All my phone calls went to voicemail, and he wasn't at his apartment any of the times I went there. Why'd he move from the Castro anyway? Moving into the office I can see because you were here and it went with the business, but my old apartment is nothing special. It's in a worse part of town, far away from the neighborhood he loved. He claimed that he did it because of the commute, but that wasn't the real reason. You were his model, August, his hero, By slipping into your old life as completely as possible, he felt like he was donning your mantle. Christ! I wasn't Batman. I don't know whether to be flattered or weirded out. Some of both, I expect. All right. What about the last case you worked? Anything about it that could have blown back on Chris or the firm? A disgruntled client, for instance? She pushed a manila folder across the desk toward me. I figured you were going to ask, so I printed out the file. To answer your question, no, the client was happy with the resolution, and I really doubt that she would be the sort to kill anyone, much less Chris. I reached over to snag the file and started flipping through the pages. The client was a co-ed at UC Berkeley, and the assignment had to do with determining the identity of someone she met on a website called Looking for Daddy. Is this site what I think it is? What do you think it is? A service to reunite adopted children with their biological fathers? Please. It's a sugar daddy site. It matches wealthy older men with so-called sugar babies who want an arrangement. Wealthy older married men? Usually, but not always. In this case, the person our client was talking to was married. Did she hire you to find that out? Not really. The daddy acknowledged he was married in his profile. Our client, Ivy is her name, wanted to know more about his background and personality before getting involved with him. The site doesn't use real names, of course, so finding the real-world identity of someone involves reverse-engineering it from the details they do reveal. Huh. I slumped back in my chair. What Gretchen had suggested earlier was right. I was a dinosaur from another era. I wouldn't know the first thing about using the internet to find out that sort of thing. The file says you identified him. May I ask how? Chris figured it out. Daddy had a picture posted on his profile. You pretty much have to, don't you? How do you go from a random picture to a name? He made the mistake of using a picture he had posted on social media before. One that he thought made him look athletic, I guess. Chris used an image search program to find the photo on the guy's page. Then we had his name and a bunch of other stuff about him from his account. It was exactly the sort of clever trick Chris would come up with. In spite of myself, I felt a little sympathy for the daddy. He wasn't the only one out of his league. What did Ivy do with the information? I don't know. We gave her the report and she seemed happy, but she didn't say if she was going to pursue the relationship. So it's possible she cut him off. Daddy somehow found out that Chris was involved, and then he went looking for revenge? Gretchen made a face. I suppose. But listening to you lay it out like that, it seems pretty far-fetched. The ratio of women to men on these sites is three to one. I think Daddy would have just moved on. I closed the folder and set it back on the desk. You're probably right, but I'm going to look into it anyway. What about other cases? Any others stand out as having a possible connection? I've started a search. I'm looking for anyone who complained about an outcome, failed to pay their bill, or was involved with anything criminal. Sounds about right. Can I help you dig through the files? She smiled. You could, except Chris moved everything to the computer. And I'm a Luddite. I stood abruptly, sitting in the chair, wheeling backward. Okay. How about tossing his office for clues? That's something we old-school detectives can really sink our teeth into. I don't think you'll find it much of a meal. What do you mean? I'll show you. She retrieved some keys from her desk drawer and used them on a door leading to the suite's private office. My old office. I had filled the space with furniture I bought at an auction when a grade school burned down and hung a couple of black-and-white photos of my favorite jazz bassists on the wall. All of that was gone. In its stead was a motorized standing desk, a motorized treadmill to walk on while you worked at the motorized standing desk, a sleek laptop connected to an enormous monitor, and several pop art prints by the guy who painted in a comic book style. The famous one of a fighter pilot shooting down another plane with Wham! written in bright yellow next to the exploding plane was behind the desk. That's it? That's it. I walked over to the computer and ran my finger over the trackpad. A password screen flashed up. You'll include his computer in your search? Gretchen nodded. I sighed and stepped onto the treadmill. If you weren't expending shoe leather the old-fashioned way... I guess you needed another way to do it during your virtual investigations. I glanced back up at the colorful prints. What's with all the pop art? His apartment is full of it, too. It wasn't just pop art. He was on a whole 60s kick. He spent nearly every weekend shopping in retro clothing stores. Men's or women's clothes? Gretchen laughed. Both. But he looked better in the miniskirts than he did the bell-bottoms. I looked over at her and thought about what she had said about Chris's enthusiasm for life. We both teared up again, and I stepped off the treadmill to wrap her in another hug. Relentless, I said softly. You have been listening to The Deadbeat Scroll, a book the New York Journal of Books described as a glorious potpourri of violence, black humor, sex, and a hunt for a lost manuscript. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com.